Welcome to the Mariners cast presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is Friday. Time for that 10 game stretch. September 22nd, the Mariners start the first of three games in Texas this weekend. Three games at home against Houston, four games at home against Texas to close the season out. Mariners are 84 and 68, half game behind Houston in the American League West. Mariners are tied with the Texas Rangers for the third wild card, a half game out behind the Toronto Blue Jays for that second spot. The Mariners, according to ESPN, have a 64.5% chance to make the playoffs uh, this season. The AL West is within reach. Um, as I've stated before, if the Mariners can clinch the AL West, there there is a very high likelihood that they would earn um, a buy and be able to rest up their pitching rotation and some of their regulars that play every day. On today's Mariners cast, I am going to cover the Texas Rangers in depth. We are going to look at the pitching matchups uh, for these first three games. We will talk deep dive with Dane Dunning and uh, Bryce Miller. Talk about the bullpens um, statistically, the Astros bullpen, the Rangers bullpen, the Mariners bullpen down the stretch. I will grade out each pitching matchup or what I believe to be the pitching matchups and who has the advantage in the 10 games left. And then we will go over the Rangers lineup, what I expect to see from them and what the Mariners plan of attack may be. So tonight's matchup is Bryce Miller against Dane Dunning. Uh, I believe this is a very even matchup. I think Bryce Miller is the better pitcher. Bryce Miller is also probably the more talented pitcher, but Bryce Miller does not have the same uh, major league experience that Dane Dunning does. And um, at this point with 10 games left, three game, three teams within a half game experience matters. And, uh, and so because of that, I do call this matchup even. It has been announced that uh, Jordan Montgomery was moved from Sunday to Saturday. Uh, he will face Logan Gilbert. I called that matchup even as well. Jordan Montgomery was a very sneaky pickup for the Rangers. Uh, Max Scherzer made the headlines, but Montgomery at this point in his career is probably the more effective pitcher. Both pitchers have the capability of throwing seven scoreless innings. This is going to be probably the most the most even most lined up matchup in this series. And then Sunday, the Rangers announced uh, Nate Eovaldi as their starter, or they it's assumed that Nate Eovaldi is going to be their starter. He will face off against Brian Wu, as far as we know. I will dig deeper into Eovaldi in a minute. I found some interesting things in looking at what he's done post um, injured list stint with the strained right forearm. He's got some velocity issues. I think they're rushing him back. This is to the Mariners' advantage. I still called this one even as well. Eovaldi has been an effective pitcher this season with the low three ZRA. Uh, he is a veteran. Brian Wu obviously is a rookie at his innings limit. Monday, 
is uh, slated to be Luis Castillo against Justin Verlander in Seattle. Uh, this is advantage Mariners. I know Verlander is a big name. He is not the Verlander of old. He does not get the same swing and miss as he used to. Luis Castillo is at the peak of his powers and a Cy Young candidate. That is advantage Mariners. Tuesday, George Kirby against, uh, I almost said Stan Javier, boy, uh, Christian Javier. That is advantage Mariners as well. Javier is a very talented pitcher who was an extreme strikeout artist the last few seasons. He has not been that this season. He's been hit a, a lot harder than he was in previous seasons. That is advantage Mariners. Even with George Kirby kind of struggling, I believe he will come out shoving against the Astros on Tuesday. Wednesday is Bryce Miller against Framber Valdez. That is advantage Astros. Valdez is a, I think, a Cy Young candidate as well or close to it, just maybe a, a quarter notch below Luis Castillo. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the last four games against Texas in Seattle, slate, slated to be Brian Wu against Jordan Montgomery, Castillo against Eovaldi, and, uh, excuse me, Dun Gilbert against Dunning Thursday, advantage Mariners, Wu against Montgomery Friday, advantage Rangers, Castillo against Eovaldi Saturday, advantage Mariners, and Sunday is Kirby against John Gray, advantage Mariners. So, the way I see it, the Mariners have the pitching advantage in three of the four matchups in that last series against Texas. The Mariners have the advantage in two of the three matchups against Houston starting on uh, next Monday. And all three matchups against Texas starting today are even. So we're used to seeing the Mariners have the pitching matchup all the time. I don't totally see it that way. Um, and these teams over the course of the season have, have been slightly better offenses as well. I still am picking the Mariners to make the playoffs. I still think the Rangers are the team that's going to be on the outside looking in. This is primarily because of their bullpen. When you compare the Mariners bullpen to the Rangers, Rangers have thrown 20.1 innings more than the Mariners. So 529 innings in the bullpen, the Mariners 508.2. Rangers bullpen ERA. 4.90. For comparison, the Mariners is 3.52. The Astros, 3.74. One, two, eight whip, very similar to, or same as the Astros. Mariners, one, two, seven. Mariners, 9% walk rate. Rangers, slightly lower. Mariners and Astros both have a 26.2% K rate out of their bullpen. Rangers, 23.1. The Rangers, are surrendering a uh, 242 average out of the bullpen. Mariners 234. Mariners BABIP is higher. You might expect it to be lower considering it's a lower average, but it's actually a higher BABIP. And the big thing with the Rangers bullpen is they are not stranding runners. 67.8% left on base percentage for their bullpen arms, which is below league average for pitchers in general. So Rangers bullpen is their weak point. Their offense obviously is very good. Um, you want to get into that bullpen if you can. I think that sets up well for the Mariners in against both Dunning and Eovaldi. I expect Montgomery to have an opportunity to go deep into the game against the Mariners. Um, so that brings us to tonight's matchup, which is Dane Dunning against Bryce Miller. Uh, 
about the bullpen. So the last six starts from Dunning have been five innings, six innings, five and a third, four innings, four innings, five innings. So looks like the Mariners have the opportunity to get into the bullpen against Dunning. That would serve them extremely well to tire out the bullpen for the next two games. Um, and Dunning has been outside of his last start, has been hit pretty darn hard uh, over his last few outings. He has in his last, let's see, one, two, three, in his last five starts, he's given up six starts. He gave up no runs at Cleveland on the 16th, three earned runs at Toronto, nine earned runs at home against Houston, three earned runs at the Mets, four at the Twins, and three against Milwaukee at home. Those are his last six starts. His ERA over the past three months, in September, he has a 6.61. August, he had a 4.01. July, he had a 5.06. And still on the year, he's 10-6 and six with a 3.78 ERA and a 1.29 whip. So he was pitching extremely well before these last six starts. He's hit a pretty rough patch. Um, he is a sinker baller. You look to see uh, it's 34% sinker at 91 miles an hour, only a 7.9% whiff rate, uh, 22% slider, 21% cutter, 16% changeup. So a lot of junk, doesn't throw very hard, the type of pitcher that, you know, we expect the Mariners to hit hard and and they end up shutting the Mariners down quite often. Um the Mariners are going to have to be selective. They're going to have to be patient. You got to wait for him to get that sinker up a little bit in the zone. He is a ground ball pitcher, 47% ground ball. Um, but he's a pitcher that can get hit. And obviously his last six, six starts have been really terrible. Um, again, he's the type of what I have in my notes. He's the type of kitchen sink starter that gives the Mariners fits and but I think that they will get to him. I think that he will surrender runs. And once again, if they can get into that bullpen, it's going to be a huge plus for the Mariners. Uh, the Rangers have moved Andrew Heaney, their fifth starter, and Martin Perez, who was a, a middle-of-the-rotation starter for them last year, into the bullpen. They are both left-handed arms. They both have the capability of going you know, three, four, five innings if needed. Um, I think that is in anticipation of – Pitchers like Dunning not pitching well at the beginning of games and being able to take them out early. Uh, Perez did go four innings, I believe, uh, a couple days ago. But it's going to be interesting because this is we are basically in the playoffs. This is playoff baseball. And so if Dane Dunning is ineffective against the Mariners, it's not going to be like the regular season where you see them try to get five innings from him and – regardless of what he gives up. I think you see a quick hook because they have Heaney and, and Perez in that bullpen. Um, but again, he's the, he throws a kitchen sink at you. He's a ground ball pitcher. He's the kind of pitcher that gives the Mariners some trouble. You saw it in the Dodgers series. Bobby Miller's breaking stuff was what was difficult for the Mariners to hit. Ryan Yarbrough's out, out there throwing 74-mile-an-hour curveballs from the left side. They couldn't hit that either. Gavin Stone's changeup, Emmett Sheehan's changeup. Those guys throw hard, but it's the breaking stuff that the Mariners struggle with. So Dane Dunning, interesting guy, right-handed starter, 28 years old, 6'4", 225. Um, He's a a major league starter. Uh, He's probably on, you know, 
he's a number four starter, basically, is what I, I don't see him as poor as a number five, but I don't think he's as good as a number three. So Dunning goes tonight for the Rangers. For the Mariners, we've got Bryce Miller going. Um, just to recap on Miller, eight and five with a three eight eight ERA and a one 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 whip, 123 innings, 112 hits, 24 walks, 113 strikeouts. He is in the 94th percentile for uh, walks allowed um, at 4.8%. It's not what we thought he would be coming up. We didn't think of him as a an extreme command type pitcher, control type pitcher. That is what he's turning out to be. At least this season, I think is very interesting. Um, 22.6% K rate, 43rd percentile. I think he struck out le- fewer batters than we expected him to. Um, only 33.5% ground ball rate, so very different type of pitcher than a Dane Dunning. Extreme fly ball pitcher. Expect the Mariners to put a good um, defensive outfield out there for Bryce Miller. I would expect Teo in right, Julio in center, and, and Kelnick in left. I don't expect to see Canzone as, in the outfield with Bryce Miller pitching. Uh, he's been... He's hit some big home runs recently. I would love to see him as the Mariners DH tonight. We will see what happens with that. Um, the other kind of secrets to Bryce Miller's success, uh, 65.1% first pitch strike rate, which is it's, uh, league average is 60.9. So that's 4.2% better than league average at throwing first pitch strikes. So getting strike one, obviously, is kind of the Mariners mantra, control the zone. Um, he does this very well. On the season, he's thrown about 60% fastballs at 95 miles an hour. That number has come way down in recent starts. Um, he's starting to throw a ton of sinkers along with it. I think it's more of a two-seamer. Uh, as Jason Churchill was was explaining, Savant tends to, or Savant does not have a classification for a two-seam fastball. So the difference between, say, Kirby and Bryce Miller's sinker is very different than because it because there's a lot of run is very very different than a Bryce Wu sinker which is more of a true downward moving sinker um, downward moving fastball so I'll call it a two seamer he's throwing it a lot he's throwing it to right handers um, it's become a big weapon for him I love it he's mixing a ton of pitches now you're seeing him throw five pitches which you know at the beginning of the season it was almost exclusively fastball slider sweeper and like 70% fastball, 75% forcing fastballs. And now it's four seamer slider sweeper sinker and changeup. Um, he's inducing more swing and miss now than he was. Um, he's pitching in Texas for this game. He is from Texas. He will have a ton of family and friends. I am going to assume he went to Texas A&M. Uh, this is a big game for Bryce Miller. It's probably the biggest game he's pitched in his life. Um, and to me, he is a, at least comes across as a clutch performer. I expect him to come up clutch. I don't expect more than, say, six innings at most from Miller. Um, if you get five effective innings from him, I think that is uh, a huge win considering the uh, quality of the Texas Rangers lineup. Rangers lineup is pretty set. Uh, Marcus Simeon leads off at second base. Simeon was signed as a huge free agent from Toronto in the offseason of 21, along with Corey Seager, his middle infield mate. 
Simeon is right-handed, 33 years old. He's an Iron Man. He's had 710 plate appearances this season. He's played in every game. 25 homers, 14 steals, about a 10% walk rate. Um, 124 WRC plus, sitting 279, and he's been worth 5.9 Fangraphs WAR. Corey Seager hit second. This is the best offensive season of Corey Seager's career. He's missed some time with injury. In 495 at-bats, he's 31 home runs, 9% walk rate, but he's hitting 331, and his WRC plus is 173. That means weighted runs created, he is 73% better than league average. Um, if he wasn't hurt, he would certainly be a, an MVP candidate. Uh, this has been his career year. Hitting third, Nathaniel Lowe, Nathaniel Lowe, I almost said Lau. I get those mixed up. Uh, he's missed only one game on the season, left-handed first baseman, 16 home runs, 13% walk rate, 121 WRC+. plus. He is hitting 273. Hitting fourth is Josh Young, their rookie third baseman. He is a rookie, but he is 25 years old, right-handed hitter. He's missed some time as well with injury. So 112 games, 23 homers. Free swinger, 5.9% walk rate, 120 WRC+. plus. Adolis Garcia hits fifth. Garcia is leading the Rangers in home runs with 35. He's upped his walk rate to 10% this season. He has a 120 WRC+. plus. Jonah Hine hits sixth, which hitting catcher. He has also been injured, but 18 home runs and a 106 WRC+, plus from their catcher. Mitch Garver, who they signed to be their right-handed hitting catcher, is their DH, 32 years old. Garver has been on fire recently. Uh, on the season, 309 plate appearances, 18 home runs, 13% walk rate, and a 141 WRC+. plus. I have him on my fantasy team. I'm telling you right now, the dude is dangerous. Leody Garcia, switch hitting center fielder, hits eighth. Uh, excuse me, Leody Tavares. I said Garcia. Leody Tavares. Tavares. 133 games, 12 homers, 14 steals, 6% walk rate. Not a huge threat with the bat, 100 WRC+. plus. He is a good defensive center fielder. Um, that is why he is in the lineup, but there is a little bit of pop in his bat. And then hitting ninth is their Uber prospect, Evan Carter, 21 years old. He was drafted in the second round in 2020. Uh, for some folks, he's, he was a top 10 prospect when he was brought up. For me, he was just outside of the top 10 probably. Going into this offseason, I don't love him at long term as a prospect, but you can't hate on what he's done so far. 44 plate appearances. He's got one home run. He's hitting 225. Oh, excuse me. Two home runs, two steals, 18.2% walk rate. He is hitting 314 with a 432 on base percentage and a 600 slug. Obviously, it's a Really small sample size, but Evan Carter can hit. And uh, they brought him up to hit ninth. So this lineup top to bottom is strong. There are no weak points in this lineup at all. It is going to be a slog for Mariners starting pitchers. You're going to have to battle each and every one of these guys. There are no easy outs. Uh, I hope to see Austin Hedges start for Jonah Heim at some point in time in this um in this series, Hedges is a terrible hitter. He's a very good defensive catcher, but
but a terrible hitter. It would give the Mariners starters at least a little bit of reprieve with this lineup. Um, I also think we might see Robbie Grossman or Travis Jankowski uh, for Evan Carter at some point, potentially just given the fact that Carter's 21 and was just brought up and this is such a huge series and those guys are veterans. But that said, it's a tough road to hoe against this team. This is a, a, as I said, this is a professional lineup. This is a tough lineup. Um, a lot of guys are having career type years. Uh, they, they're free swingers. I hope, you know, because the Mariners throw so many strikes, I do hope that, uh, they are a little bit outside of the zone intentionally at times. The only hitters with the only regular hitters with, um, above 10% walk rates in this lineup are Nathaniel Lowe at 13%, Mitch Garver at 12.9%, and then Evan Carter in the small sample size, 18.2%. But every other hitter, Josh Young, 59 Jonah Heim, 7.3%, Leody Tavares, 6.2%, right? So you've got guys who don't walk. And if there isn't a threat of, of some of these guys walking, you don't need to be in the zone to get him to swing the bat and hit the ball. So obviously you don't want to be in the business of grooving pitches anyways, but I'm talking to you, George Kirby, like you got to stay outside of the zone at times with these guys on purpose because they will chase. Um, But their offense is great. There is no putting down this Texas Rangers offense. They score runs. Um, They should make you nervous. Uh, they make me nervous. We I remember that big series, you know, a few months back going into Texas and they just blew the doors off the Mariners. I forgot how many runs they scored in that series, like 36 or something like that. It was nuts. So I'm a little bit nervous about that, but the Mariners have a distinct pitching advantage, specifically in the bullpen. Um, I am hoping for two of three in this series. I think two of three would be a tremendous result for the Mariners. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, I will be out of breath with every pitch, I guess is the best way to put it um, in this series and in each of the next 10 games. Uh, one one last thing with this lineup, it features four righties, three lefties, and two switch hitters. Very balanced lineup. The Mariners starting pitchers on average are better against right-handed hitters. Um, that stands to reason. It's typical splits of right-handed starters. Brian Wu's splits are extreme. Um but the right-handed hitters in the Rangers lineup are not the type of hitters to come out of the lineup, maybe with the exception of Mitch Garver if they decide to give him a day off. But their left-handed hitting options are Josh H. Smith, Robbie Grossman, and Travis Jankowski. So I don't see that happening necessarily. All right. So Dunning against Miller, as I said, we've got uh, Montgomery against Gilbert. I will cover um, I will cover Logan Gilbert and Jordan Montgomery in depth as, as well as the uh, tonight's game Saturday morning uh, on the Mariners cast. I'm going to do a Mariners cast every day until the end of the season. I will be doing them during the weekend. Um, these games are too big. There's too much to talk about. I will cover uh, Brian Wu against Nate Eovaldi tomorrow or excuse me sunday morning 
But I do want to mention um, with the Rangers moving Eovaldi into the rotation or into that Sunday spot, this is a risky move, I believe, on the part of um, on the part of the Texas Rangers. He has been his season stats are very good. On the season, he's eleven and four with a three point zero five ERA and a one one zero WHIP. Those numbers are good, right? We know that one hundred thirty five point two innings. 106 hits, 43 walks, 121 strikeouts. Those are good numbers. However, after his start on July 18th against Tampa Bay, where he went six innings, he was hurt. The Rangers waited on him for a little while. A couple days later, they put him on the injured list with a strained right forearm. The precursor to Tommy John surgery typically. Evaldi goes on the injured list. He came back on September 5th. So after basically a month and a half of rest, he came back against Houston. He threw 1.1 innings or one and a third innings, 35 pitches. And he sat 94, 94.2 miles an hour was his average fastball velocity. Why is this important? He averaged his average fastball velocity in April was 95.7. In May, it was 96. In June, it was 94.8. In July, it was 94.3. And he peaked in April on April 29th against the Yankees at 97.1. Those are his average fastball velocities per month. Comes back against Houston on September 5th, throws an inning and a third, 35 pitches, average 94-2 on the fastball. That is lower than any month previously, lower than April, May, June, and July. Against Oakland on the 9th, he threw 2.1 innings or two and a third, he threw 47 pitches. This was his only scoreless outing. Since returning from injury out of the five outings he's had, excuse me, out of the four outings he's had, he averaged 94.8 on the fastball in this outing. So he was starting to get his velocity back a little bit. That's better. The average that he had in June wasn't what he did in May or April. Then he threw on the 14th against Toronto in Toronto. Three and a third innings, 73 pitches. He averaged 93.9 on the fastball. That is lower than any month fastball average. And then his last appearance was against the Red Sox on the 19th, three days ago, five innings, 82 pitches, 93.6 average on the fastball. So ramping up pitches from 35 to 47 to 73 to 82 in his last appearance, fastball velocity decreasing. So I guess they're thinking he's going to gut this out. Sounds like he's still hurt to me. Sounds like they're really babying his arm. I'm guessing he probably has some sort of partial tear and he's pitching through injury. Partial tear of his UCL, but he's pitching through injury. That's my guess or some sort of like really bad strain. But his velocity isn't there. He is dependent on his velocity to a certain extent to be effective. Um, He has not thrown more than five innings since July 18th. This all, I was happy to see that Texas put Eovaldi in um, on in Sunday's game. 
I think that is a great sign for the Mariners that that the Rangers are pitching a, you know, the Rangers are relying on guile and experience with Ivaldi pitching him on Sunday. I don't does not look to me based on those numbers that he's ready. Unless they're only asking him to go like three, four innings, five innings at max. Um, I will be stunned if he's effective for more than five innings in this game. I'll be stunned if he's effective in general, but specifically if he's able to pitch longer than five. So again, Mariners get Dunning tonight. Sinker ball pitcher. Got to be patient with him. He will surrender some walks. Kind of league average walk rate, just just slightly better than league average. Doesn't strike out a ton of guys. Leads with the sinker against righties and the changeup against lefties. Um, again, be patient. He's been very ineffective uh, overall over his last six starts. His last start was decent against Cleveland. Cleveland swings all the time and has very little power in their lineup. I'm not surprised that he pitched well against them, despite the fact that they've been hot recently. Um, so it's Dunning tonight. It's Montgomery, who we will cover tomorrow morning. Uh, he is a left-handed starter, another sinker baller, and then, again, Eovaldi on Sunday. So this is the stretch. This is the last 10 games. We've been we've had this marked on the calendar, this stretch of 10 games. We've had it marked for the last three months. I probably talked about this stretch of games on the very first Mariners podcast this season. Um, this is it. It's appointment television. Should be a watch, Mariners fans should be watching every pitch with bated breath. Um, I'm excited. You should be excited. I will be back tomorrow morning with a reaction to tonight's game if I don't get it done tonight um, and a preview of the Saturday pitching matchup. This is it, y'all. Get your Mariners gear on, grab a beer, make sure you got all your errands run, all your house cleaning, all your chores done before this game starts. This is going to be a lot of fun. I am super pumped. It's going to be a fun sports weekend. Can't wait. Thank you for listening. This was the Mariners cast presented to you by Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20, that's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0, and this podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Take care, y'all. Enjoy this game. Go Mariners. Peace.